0: You're listening to Trending with Timmery, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. National speaker Timory Millington has been a passionate advocate for life as long as she can remember, helping Gen X through Z answer the call to true feminism and authentic manhood. Timory holds a master's degree in biblical theology, and she covers this week's hottest stories from a Catholic worldview. You're listening to Trending with Timory.
1: We are going to be talking today about what you need to know about birth control. The pill. Maybe a little bit of a crossover into is an abortifacient? What is an abortifacient? We'll ask questions like does birth control influence who we date or possibly even who we marry? We'll also discuss some of the health risks and some of the legitimate reasons for why people take birth control, but also maybe looking into some of the alternatives as well um, and how really birth control isn't the answer to women's medical health issues. We'll also be diving into, well, what's so important about marriage and the complementarity of male and female and really kind of diving into the churches, we could say theology of the body and even theology of sexuality and really why it's so important. To understand that who we do who we marry. That is actually surrounding a sacrament, one of the seven sacraments in the church. And so we need to have that eternal context when we're talking about love and relationships. So let's go ahead and dive in. I want to start by talking about the influence of birth control on who we date and marry. The bottom line is here's the question we have to ask Does birth control influence who we may date or marry? And the answer is yes. And it's actually fascinating science. And this is why I want to talk about this, you guys, because we're living in a time where birth control is so common. You've probably heard me discussing lately how, if we're going to really continue to see a change in the culture surrounding abortion, we also have to touch on the culture surrounding contraception because a contraceptive mindset in so many people today has really fed this early abortion mindset where we justify contraception and we justify abortion use as really that fail safe and that backup for contraception. And we'll talk a little bit later on about how that mindset has actually been developed in our culture to use abortion as a fail-safe. But we need to look first at the fact that Catholics are using birth control. Maybe you yourself used birth control in the past for a health reason or because you really did believe or were maybe counseled that, you know, it's okay in certain circumstances. And this actually goes intrinsically against the Catholic Church's teaching surrounding new human life, which we'll be diving further into a little later. So we see some statistics, for example, the Gutenmacher Institute in 2012 released a statistic saying that 98% of Catholic women have actually used some form of artificial contraception. And we see that another statistic in 2012 from a Gallup poll shows that 82% of Catholic women believe birth control to be morally acceptable. So who knows, you know, the research. Search behind who is being pulled, what areas of Catholics and so forth, because the reality is you and I have to agree. There are Catholics who really strive to live by what the Catholic Church teaches, and there are people who can be culturally Catholic. Maybe there are certain areas in your own life not just having to do with sexuality, where maybe you're a little bit of a cultural Catholic. You know, you grew up with Catholicism as, you know, it's what we do, we go to church on Sundays, our rosary is what we do, we pray a rosary together. These are all great things, but we need to go to a point where it's transforming our lives. that's why we're talking about contraception and our Catholic faith. So the question I started by asking earlier is, does birth control influence future relationships, dating and marriage and so forth? And I said, yes. And here's one of the reasons why. And you guys, this is absolutely fascinating. So the human body, once puberty has occurred, actually releases something called pheromones. Now, pheromones are basically a type of smell, we could describe it as, that's released from the body. Now, for human beings, these are commonly released from the area of the armpits and also kind of near the pubic area of the body. And these pheromones basically communicate things about your immune system and your fertility to other people. In fact, you know, I remember the joke growing up that we used to ask because I had learned a lot about pheromones through my mom's pro-life work when I was in high school. And the joke would be, oh, does the person smell good to you? And because this actually shows a complementarity in pheromones. I'm going to give you an example in the animal kingdom. For example, there are certain types of Pigs. Now, these pigs will actually release pheromones in their saliva. Now what happens with this is when the pig releases the pheromone in the saliva, it will release this, for example, at the feeding trough. So if a female male pig find that they are a complement to one another, the female pig will then proceed to present its rear end to the male pig saying, hey, I like your pheromones. We're a good match. Let's go ahead and get together. I know a little um, blunt to say the least. But, you know, we could laugh about it because, in a sense, it's something that's not that far away from what's happening in our culture today. Now, what we've come to understand with pheromone research, and it's fascinating, and there's stuff coming out of France, there's stuff coming out of the United States National Library of Medicine, and the National Center for Biotechnology Information that is showing that when women take hormonal birth control, it actually changes her pheromone makeup and how she relates to potential suitors and uh, future people who make uh, help to create new life. Now, what we've learned about this is that naturally, without any type of hormonal birth control or anything like that, a woman would naturally look for a pheromonal makeup in another person that is different from her biological chemistry. Now, the reason for this is to actually create the healthiest possible offspring so that you are mating with someone that is essentially helping to create a new set of healthy genes and healthy DNA and so forth. So we're talking about in this instance, you know, if we talk about how people shouldn't marry a close relative because they have similar biochemical makeup um, and how the types of diseases that they could pass on. And so this is the same thing with contraception. Now, it's fascinating because women who's taking A hormonal contraceptive pill, her body's working in a state of what we call pseudo pregnancy. Her body's being tricked into thinking that it's pregnant. And so when a woman's pregnant, she's more comfortable being surrounded by people who are similar to her, like a, for example, sibling or a family member because she's pregnant, she wants to know she's safe. Now, the body's naturally supposed to kick into that type of pheromone. But when you're dating, your body's naturally supposed to be looking for a complementarity that is different from you, again, to create a healthy type of option. Offspring. There have even been research studies done that are fascinating having to do with t-shirts and the types of men women are interested in when they use the t-shirt smell from uh, guys who have, let's say, you know, sweated in them, moved around in them because, again, the pheromones are being released from the armpit area. And what we've seen is that women who are on birth control choose a lower quality type of person based on just sniffing for their favorite t of shirt uh, the sweaty t-shirt, I know kind of gross, versus women who are not on hormonal birth control. They're actually choosing the t-shirts are people who are more reliable, more supportive and so forth. We could dive deeper into this, but it's just a really neat glimpse into the reality of yes, when you're taking hormonal birth control, this actually does influence who you will possibly marry or date. You're listening to Trending with Ray. Thanks for being with us. If you're not able to stay with us for the full episode, or maybe you know someone who needs to learn a little bit more about birth control or learn about how there's a crossover between birth control and abortion, don't be shocked. We'll dive into that a little later on. Please head over to radiotrending.com where you can actually share this full episode via text. Just grab that link and shoot it over to someone, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcasting App. So I want to talk as well about how the beauty of complementarity is literally written into our bodies. When we're talking about pheromones in women who are on birth control versus not on birth control, smelling these t-shirts, they're hunting for a complementary spouse who will help not only to create the best possible offspring, right, the healthiest child, but also someone who's going to be committed to them stay present in their life, help to raise that child and support us as women. These are all really important things. And it's fascinating to me because we live in a time of serious gene editing. I was just talking to someone the other day and they were saying, oh, before you and your husband have any children, you should make sure that you go and, you know, have things checked out to make sure that, you know, you're not going to pass on similar diseases and so forth. And I get where people are coming from. They don't want to um, have children who are going to have health issues. But my question is, do we just not want those children at all? Are we trying to obliterate and destroy those children? For example, places where they're completely um, killing off via abortion, any child who might have a Down syndrome, when there's an in utero diagnosis of a baby with Down syndrome. And it's just so sad that we've gotten to the point where we're not accepting of the possibility that there may be suffering in this world at times. And that's another topic that we can dive into. But again, Talk about natural gene editing without having to destroy human life or compromise life. How about we all just get off of birth control and let the body do its natural job to find that complementarity in another human being to create new life and the future of new life.
0: Timory will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timory. That's T I M M E R I E. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where the truth on sex, marriage, and family matters, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics.
1: Wow, when I look at some of the research about birth control, it is absolutely shocking that we as women are not hearing more about this. And gentlemen, if you're kind of wanting to maybe tune out saying, hey, this might be TMI for me, actually, this is something that's really important to understand because we all have friends, family members, sisters, and parents who don't know the truth about birth control. And we don't always know where to go for research and information to dive into this issue. But trust me when I say it is out there, and we'll be talking about some of those videos various um, pieces of information. So let's be real. There are a lot of people who see a tremendous amount of benefits to taking hormonal birth control. And when I'm talking about this, you could actually be taking the pill. You could be taking Yaz, Yasmin. You could be using the patch, Nuva Aura. We could go into I mean, so many types of birth control. Having worked in the crisis pregnancy center, let me tell you, For five years, I would see day in and day out that our counselors were having to deal with almost a new one to three types of birth control up to almost every single time they were working with a new client because there is such a industry for birth control today and we would see firsthand some of the symptoms and struggles they would have, which we're going to dive into in just a second. But what are some of the benefits? And let's be honest because there are a lot of women who would really like some of these be- benefits. For example, it can actually help with weight loss for some people. It can also do the opposite in others. It can also cause women to have larger breasts. And We could dive into that more, but we've had uh, Dr. Gerard Nadal on the show before talking about the link between breast cancer and contraception. And because when you're using birth control, your body's in a state of pseudo-pregnancy. So the lobules that are developing, the cells in the breasts, are developing toward becoming breastfeeding type of cells. And what happens is when you end a pregnancy early via abortion or when you trick your body into thinking it's pregnant, the body begins to develop these lobules that are type one and two. And guess what? They're cancer-vulnerable. But if a woman goes through the full pregnancy, what happens is actually her breast tissue develops into cancer-resistant breast tissue. It's so fascinating. There's a phrase that Dr. Nadal always uses, such as, you know, the mother gives the child life and the child gives the mother life in a sense of helping to develop these cancer-resistant cells in the chest. And again, if you want to hear more about that, just look up Dr. Nadal as one of our guests on Trending. You can look at the guest page at radiotrending.com. It's an absolutely fascinating episode. Let me know if you have any questions about that. So other benefits besides larger breasts, that's just kind of explaining why they're larger and why it's actually a health risk, is that for some women, it can also help with lighter, predictable, or even no period at all for women. It can help improve their complexion. And hey, let's say that we're going for all of these other benefits. It can even prevent pregnancy from occurring. And this is what's sad is that a lot of teenagers and even young women today will start taking birth control because they're having a really heavy period, or there's something going on with their health, or maybe it's being used as a band aid by the doctor to not dive deeper. And what's happening is that as time goes on, we have maybe a teenager who was not sexually active will suddenly become sexually active later on because. They all of a sudden are in the heat of the moment. They really care about this person. There is a request for sexual intimacy, whatever might be going on. And they think, well, hey, I normally wouldn't do this, but actually I am on birth control. I'm safe. And that's the attitude that a lot of girls end up having. And I have to tell you, a lot of the women that we will see coming in and out of the the crisis pregnancy centers and even when sidewalk counseling in front of the abortion clinic, those women tend to be on some form of failed birth control. So the benefits are there, and they're clear, and I will even acknowledge this. There are people who will say, well, what about legitimate medical reasons, medical necessities for taking birth control? I'll share just a little bit about my story, and it's not something I've really shared about in the past, but I actually have one of those medical conditions that is commonly treated with birth control. So I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, and I was actually just finally diagnosed with, it's called PCOS for short, over the last year once I was married. Now, it's interesting because for years, no one could diagnose me with the polycystic ovarian syndrome. I had all of the various signs of it, and, you know, I could go on and on about my own journey, but the reality is, is that I know some of those medical necessities for taking birth control, but I also know because I've been very blessed to work with some incredible doctors who have dived in and they've really worked to get to the underlying causes and to give me the proper treatment. If you take, for example, birth control for polycystic ovarian syndrome, you're just giving your body a cookie cutter set of hormones rather than actually monitoring the hormones and giving the exact types of hormones the body needs. And we'll talk about this in a second. There are actually major risks to using synthetic forms of estrogen and progesterone in our body. You guys are Group One carcinogens. So I share, you know, my example for you because maybe you or someone you know is experiencing a medical necessity for taking birth control. There are people experiencing such as endometriosis, heavy and severe periods, cramping. I mean, we could go on and on. The reality is, is that. My body is different from your body and whatever issues you may be having. And so each of us as women should be treated medically with what our bodies need for our best possible health outcomes. And so I want to share some resources with you. That is a NAPRO doctor. So NAPRO doctors and fertility care practitioners are incredible resources for not only people who are facing various types of medical issues surrounding women's health, but also for people who might be struggling to conceive a child. NAPRO doctors are not what we see in the mainstream culture when someone's experiencing infertility and they seek out in vitro fertilization, which has with it masturbation and abortion and so many other issues and just the destruction of human life in the midst of it, but it actually looks what is the underlying cause for women. So you can actually head over and I'll post these links in the show notes because sometimes they're a little hard to find. You can go to fertilitycare.org. And under fertilitycare.org, you can find a medical consultant, a NAPRO doctor. I'm going to actually, again, post the links to this on my website in the show notes. Just head over to radiotrending.com. Again, that's radiotrending.com. You can actually work with a fertility care practitioner who can work with you to see signs of possible medical issues. We even had a fertility care practitioner on the show with us. Toward the end of last year, I believe in October, her name was Susie Younger and she even talked about the ability sometimes to um, predict and see things like ovarian cancer years in advance just based on understanding and studying the woman's body. And I have had countless friends who have experienced years of infertility be able to conceive a child after working with a NAPRO doctor to dive to the underlying root causes of what is going on, what medical condition is there, rather than, again, just using hormonal contraception as a cookie cutter type of treatment. And I can tell you for years, doctors would say, "Hmm, it seems like something might be going on with your hormones. Let's just give you birth control. And I thank God that I chose not to because there are a lot of medical risks to taking a hormonal birth control. Now, I just want to share with you, for example, the story of one young woman, in fact, quite a famous individual, and her story has always stood out to me because a number of years ago, uh, there was a woman by the name of Megan Henry, and Megan Henry was an incredible athlete. She was an Olympic-bound athlete, but her career ended because of blood clotting that she experienced from her birth control. So when we talk about the impact of birth control, a lot of athletes are facing this along with many people in the culture, blood clotting, heart attacks, strokes, uh, blood clotting in the legs and lungs. Women who take hormonal birth control are five times more likely to experience hypertension, three times more likely to have migraines. They're more likely to contract HPV. And, you know, it's fascinating because I remember uh, a few years ago, there was a piece done by Anderson Cooper, and he did a whole series talking about how if people have been on Yaz and Yasmin, there's actually been a recall. And, you know, there are lawyers out there reaching out to help people because so many people have been wounded by having used hormonal contraceptives such as Yaz. Now, for example, back in 2011, the FDA issued a a government-funded study on Yaz. Now, at the time, that was one of the most popular oral contraceptives used here in the United States. But what was interesting is that that year that the study was done, the FDA showed that there was a 75% increased risk of blood clots for women who used Yaz, a 75% increased risk. You guys, we're talking about major health issues For women, we also haven't even touched on the fact that estrogen and progesterone are noted as major major group one carcinogens. You know, and it's not just a timory here saying this. I'm just going to cite a couple studies here. It's recognized by the UN. The pill is a cancer causing carcinogen because the main ingredients in es- is estrogen and progesterone. Even the cancer research in the United Kingdom says that breast cancer is more common among women who take hormone re- replacement therapy and the pill for long periods. So we're also talking about hormone replacement therapy. Hint, hint, that dives into the whole gender debate and these transitional phases or where we're giving hormones to children. Just to cite one more study, Time Health and Family Study noted that there's a curious link between birth control and prostate cancer, which we'll talk about when we come back.
0: You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes. Episode. You're listening to Trending with Timmery.
1: Wow, talk about a crash course in hormonal birth control contraception. If you know someone who needs to hear this, please don't hesitate to share it. I've been talking a lot on Trending about how we're really going to change the attitude around abortion, which we have People are not in favor of late-term abortion. People are changing their overall mindset. and They want to see more restrictions on abortion, but they're okay with early abortion. And so this segment's going to dive a little deeper into, well, why is that the attitude that has been created in the culture? And why do we actually have to talk about the uncomfortable uncom- topic of birth control when we bring up abortion? Because we've, for a long time, avoided discussing abortion and birth control together. But first, just a second ago, we were talking about how, in fact, It is looked at birth control as a group one carcinogen. I was mentioning research from the United Nations, how the pill is recognized as a cancer causing carcinogen. I mentioned research about how even the cancer research in the UK recognizes the same thing. And I even mentioned, I didn't get to mention this yet, that the Journal of the National Cancer Institute recognizes, quote, oral contraception use has been associated with an increase Use in the risk of breast cancer in young women. You've probably heard me share this story before on the show. But as a reminder, I'll never forget, I was in the dental office and my dental hygienist loves to talk while she's got sharp instruments in my mouth and it's a little difficult to respond. And this is a challenge for you guys and I like to share this story often because we always have to be aware of our surroundings, who we're talking to when bringing up issues about life. Maybe you're going to the March for Life or maybe you're helping at a pro-life crisis pregnancy center and someone asks what you're up to. Don't hesitate to bring it up, but be creative in how you talk about it. And so the dental hygienist at the time uh, was asking me, what I do, and so at the time I was working for a crisis pregnancy center, and so I was sharing with her. I said, "You, you know, what? we work with women who are facing crisis pregnancy. The reality is, is that birth control hasn't helped decrease um, abortion in our culture, and birth control has really caused a lot of issues for women. We see a lot of women coming in who are having health issues, and I said, and the reality is, is that birth control has created a culture of use." between men and women where there are a lot of broken hearted women coming who are single or abandoned once they find out they're pregnant and they're left because the cultures change. We no longer give support to pregnant women or the right people no longer give support to pregnant women, which we'll talk about a little further in a bit. But what ended up happening is a dental hygienist shared with me that, in fact, the young woman who was in her early 20s, who had been the receptionist for a couple of years there, had actually gotten breast cancer and her battle for breast cancer at one point she ended up talking to a doctor and the doctor noted you know it's not popular to share this but I do notice a history of years of birth control use since you were a early teenager and there is a high risk associated with birth control and breast cancer and she had no idea. She had never been told. And it was fascinating to me because the dental hygienist that day shared that she had had no idea up to then. But what a lot of women do share is that it does cause a lot of other health issues, migraines, blood clotting, hypertension, um, mood swings. The reality is I know a lot of women who have been there, done that, talked to the women who are in their 50s, 60s, who have been through that cultural revolution with birth control, and they know Women deserve better than birth control. We deserve to be treated properly in terms of medical treatments, and we also deserve to have the respect for our fertility. Pregnancy isn't a disease that needs to be fixed or obliterated And if you don't know much about the connection between breast cancer and birth control, I discussed it earlier, but there is an incredible episode of Trending where Dr. Gerard Nadal joins me here on Trending. And what we do is we dive through with him, he's a molecular microbiologist, how the two are connected and how abortion is connected to breast cancer as well. So you can find that. It was recorded earlier last year. Just head over to the guest page or type under the search page about the abortion breast cancer link, and you'll also see about the connection to contraception as well. But you may have realized earlier, I mentioned a study that also showed an increase in prostate cancer linked to birth control. Now, this one's really interesting, and here's why. We have discovered that in fact, because so many people are on hormonal birth control, what has happened at this point is that it's being passed um, when women use the restroom into our water system. The University of Colorado and many other places worldwide now have done research seeing that there's an increase in carcinogenic things such as progesterone and estrogen from birth control in our drinking water. Well, it's even in the Colorado River. And what they saw is that the fish in the Colorado River were becoming hermaphrodite fish based on the hormone influence. In fact, they were also experiencing infertility and they even studied where the infertility would last for one, two, and three generations where it was causing issues for fertility for the fish. The same thing is happening to the current culture. People are asking, why is there an increase in infertility in our culture? People who have never taken birth control or even some who have, what is going on? There's a huge correlation of this is the influence of what all of these hormones have done to change the body. We talked earlier about how it's even changing how men and women find future spouses. If you didn't catch that, again, head over to radiotrending.com to listen to this episode. You're listening to Trending with Timmery. Here's another thing we've got to talk about. Why have we gotten to the point where birth control is looked at as a way to decrease abortion. Why have we gotten to the point where I mentioned early on, most people are not a fan of late-term abortion. In fact, most people do want restrictions put on abortion. But most people also are okay with abortion in the first trimester, and they're okay with contraception. And I think it's because of a lack of information. We've got to look at the studies, because if you look at the studies for just a second, boy, you guys, it is so clear what has happened in the culture. 1965, we saw the decriminalization of hormonal contraception through the Supreme Court decision of Griswold versus Connecticut. It all started with no birth control. Birth control and abortion were not a thing in our culture. We had a high value attitude toward marriage and children. Children were looked at as a gift, even if it was difficult. But you see, with laws such as Griswold versus Connecticut, we start to see an introduction of, well, maybe birth control is okay for married couples. Well, maybe it's okay for the whole culture. And then five years later, we see no fault divorce in California underneath Ronald Reagan. These two are closely connected. When we took babies out of sex in 1965 through the decriminalization of contraception, we allowed for sex to be taken out of marriage because. There was no necessity because then we no longer have to stay together or be in a committed relationship for the sake of a child. People have a hard time understanding the purpose of sexuality and marriage today. They're redefining marriage. This is why we took babies out of sex. We took sex outside of marriage. And so we no longer need to have a support system what we should call really the family as the foundational block of our society. We no longer need that because children are not a huge part of sexual intimacy anymore because we get rid of them. But follow the court cases. After no-fault divorce is decriminalized, in other other words, and we should see this, no-fault divorce is able to be decriminalized because the culture is starting to change. You know, extramarital affairs are more accessible now because we're not afraid a baby is going to come from that sexual intimacy. Sex outside of marriage and shacking up is not as big of a deal anymore because a baby may not come. But here was a big surprise. Contraception wasn't totally effective. And so we saw Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton, those two Supreme Court cases, decriminalized abortion. Why? Why? Because abortion is the failsafe of contraception. I need you to hear this. People don't like bringing up abortion and contraception together because they're two grizzly bears to talk about in today's culture. And we're talking about people's sex lives, with pe- which people don't really like. But the reality is these two things are so closely connected. This is why we have created a culture in favor of of early abortion and why we continue to see things such as RU486 abortion pills and early abortion being so common. This is why people are so okay with things such as plan B. I mean, you guys, fewer and fewer women in crisis pregnancy are coming into the crisis pregnancy centers because we will see girls who are literally taking plan B After every time they have sex to just make sure that they don't get pregnant. This is where the culture has pointed to. And so people try to say no abortion, contraception are separate or people try to say that contraception will decrease abortion numbers. That's a lie. I worked for five years in the crisis pregnancy centers, and I saw firsthand working with multiple crisis pregnancy centers that our counselors day in and day out were having to discover and learn more about new forms of hormonal birth control that were coming on the market every single day. Think about it from what we were discussing earlier in the show about the health impact that hormonal birth control has on a woman's body. And so there's no surprise that in 1992 in the Supreme Court case of Planned Parenthood versus Casey, the Supreme Court said, we sure can pass now laws that are really trying to prevent abortion from occurring and put safety restrictions. But what they did say is that a woman must have total access to abortion and that she should not have any undue burden placed on her.
0: Timory will be right back. Send her a tweet at Timory. That's T I M M E R I E. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where reality and culture meet, offering an eternal perspective on today's hottest topics. We
1: want to talk about reducing abortion in the culture. We are seeing a wave of change. More people are pro life. But we're also seeing the challenge that while people don't want late-term abortion, while people do want restrictions on abortion, a lot of people are okay with the first trimester abortion. A lot of people are okay with RU486, which is an abortion pill, a chemical abortion that is done through the set of a couple of pills. That baby's got a heartbeat. That baby is totally developing and growing. Its spinal cord, its whole nervous system has developed, yet we're just justifying these abortions. I think the problem is people don't know enough, and that's why we have been talking today about birth control. Because at the heart of this issue is when we created a birth control contraceptive mindset, we allowed for abortion to become the law of the land. And I cited at the beginning of the show, some of the statistics for the number of Catholics who are using birth control are very, very high. Same with the number of Catholics that are okay with birth control. I hear young people who are incredibly pro-life say, well, birth control is a good solution to reducing abortions. But we're going to be talking in just a second about, well, what is an abortifacient? We mentioned earlier that in 1992, the Supreme Court case of Planned Parenthood versus Casey, while it allowed for abortion restrictions to be developed, it also created wording in there that said that there could be no undue burden placed on a woman in accessing an abortion. Now, this is because we have built into our culture an attitude that abortion is okay if if a woman didn't want to have a baby, didn't plan to have a baby, if a baby's not going to be easy. And you know, we've all heard this, those really dire, difficult circumstances where someone almost might say, well, maybe abortion would be okay. Maybe that would be an option. And it's not. And we've dived into some of those circumstances, and if you have questions, maybe you have one question where you say, what about in this circumstance? Send it my way. I would be glad to take your question on Trending. You can shoot me a message on Instagram at Timmerie, that's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E, or you can head over to radiotrending.com and head over to the contact page. So what is an abortifacient? Here's a bottom line. Here's a question You need to be asking other people and that you yourself need to understand. Can birth control, contraception cause an abortion? Here's the answer. Clear, cut, and simple. Yes, it can. You see, an abortifacient is one word that we use for when contraception can also work to perform an abortion. So contraception can really work in two ways. In its contraceptive capacity, it can prevent the sperm and egg from ever meeting. So from ever, ever, ever creating a new distinct human life. But in the second element, it can work as an abortion because in the event that the first kind of defense didn't work and the baby, the new human life isn't prevented from starting, well then there needs to be a backup in how the contraceptive works. It's how it's made to work, you guys. It's created to do this. And we have to remember, if a sperm and an egg meet, that is a new distinct human life referred to as a zygote. It's a baby in the earliest stages of development. We have all the information for the baby's full DNA. We know based on the chromosomes in that moment if the baby's male or female. We know things such as eye color, hair color. I mean, talk about the incredible creation of new life. Even scientists, when they see this moment, and I've seen it in scientific presentations, when the sperm and egg meet, there's a spark of life that even, you know, totally non-pro-life scientists are just in awe over. It's the spark of new life being created that can be seen under a microscope. And so, Here's the reality. When contraception works in abort- as an abortifacient, what happens is that this new baby in its earliest development is in a chemical atmosphere where that baby cannot continue to develop for very long. And so the chemical imbalance of the hormones can help kill the baby. The mucus imbalances in the fallopian tube and along the path that that baby needs to travel to implant in the mother's uterus to grow, that can cause mucuses to prevent that baby from following the yellow brick road into the mother's uterus to grow and be safe and be nourished. This is how hormonal contraception can function as an abortifacient. Now, here's the shocker. Here are just some of the hormonal contraceptives, and this is a very short list of what is truly a very long list. Most hormonal contraception, if not all, can work as an abortion. Here are some of them that do. The pill, Plan B, Morning After pill, Ella, Norplant, Depo provera Previn, The Patch, OrthoEvra, IUD, NuvaRing, Lunel, I could go on and on with the list of hormonal contraceptives that women had no idea were causing an abortion. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray. Thanks for being with us. I was talking to a medical doctor not too long ago, and she does not prescribe birth control. And she works in a totally secular environment, and she said it's simple. When her patients ask her for birth control, she draws a picture of a little house. And when she draws the picture of the house, she shows a door. And she said, when you take birth control, you close the door On a child not only ever entering into the house, but a child can walk through the door, but the environment in the house could actually kill the child as well. And so if you take birth control, I need you to understand, and I won't prescribe is one of the things she shared, it actually creates a hostile environment for a new baby and it can work to close the door. But, and she asks this, do you want to create that environment for a baby where the baby is actually allowed to walk in the house, but it's then allowed to be destroyed. That's how birth control can function. And it's incredible because as she explains it, she shares that most women who were pro birth control before realize the medical science is quite simple. And no, they don't want that because most women do envision one day that they would love to have a baby. Most women Do not want an abortion. It's circumstances that lead women to begin to justify how they need an abortion or they feel like they have no other option. And so we need to do a better job of helping women not only understand that it is destroying human life through birth control, but ladies, let's be real. It's destroying our bodies. I shared earlier about various medical conditions where people are just given birth control as a band-aid for underlying medical issues. I'm one of them. They tried to give me birth control. That could have caused further health issues. It would have caused further health issues. And it wouldn't have helped me in one day being able to conceive a child. In fact, it might put me to the point, and this is one thing that the doctor shares as well, some women are not able to conceive down the road because after years of hormones being pumped into their body through birth control, they've created an environment where the body's not used to functioning the way it's created to function to house and nourish new human life. If you're just joining us, please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Timmery. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. We'd love to hear your questions and thoughts throughout the week between our shows. Be sure not to miss an episode as well. We'll post all the links there on Instagram. So here's where we have to conclude. What does the Catholic Church, and thus far I've said nothing really about the Catholic Church, what does the Catholic Church have to say about birth control, and our attitude toward creating new human life. The Catholic Church teaches that every sexual act is meant to be unitive and procreative. So we learn in Humana Vitae, and really Humana Vitae continues to live out what the Church has taught since its inception, that... Sexuality is both for the good of the spouses, but for new babies. And so every sexual act needs to be unitive, to be good, to be uniting. And that's why things, for example, like barrier methods and condoms actually prevent a sense of union from occurring and we can even look at the incredible science and how when there's a barrier method, there's actually a difference in the side effects for the spouses. The side effects are not as good, they're not the same. And then we have to talk as well about how that unitive dimension on a physical, on a chemical level prevents union, but when we use hormonal birth control or when we use a barrier method... It's not just creating a physical or chemical barrier, it's creating a barrier in the mindset of the two people that can truly prevent a good sense of union between spouses, that can create this attitude of utility rather than uniting two for the good of one another, not just for the good of the one over the other. There needs to be communication and complementarity that occurs. Also, the church teaches that every sexual act is meant to be procreative. That means that it's meant to be open to new life, any new life that may come about. When we're using hormonal contraception or when we're pro an abortion mindset, we are closing ourselves off to life. And some people will say, well, maybe I'm okay with having children down the road. Okay, but the church calls for every sexual act to be for the good of the spouses, to be unitive and for it to be procreative. And I love going through the simplicity of the church's teaching because when one of those elements is missing— there's always someone who is harmed, whether it's one of the spouses or the child. Again, when we took babies out of sex and sex outside of marriage, it was really women and children that were hurt by this. And we need to regain the mindset that we used to have where children are a gift from God and babies and children are meant to be protected in our society.
0: This has been Trending with Timmery. To book her to speak or learn more about her guests, visit radiotrending.com. That's radiotrending.com. You can listen to more of Trending via the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the iHeartRadio app, where you can share your favorite episodes.